Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I thought that uh, TikTok was an existential threat to uh, American democracy. TikTok, 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 the platform that kids spend virtually all of their waking hours on and some of their sleeping hours. TikTok. Uh, I don't really get TikTok. I get what do I use? I use I use Twitter and I use Instagram, but not to a crazy extent. Uh, TikTok, whatever the hell it is, it seems to be ripping America apart. Um, I've heard from national security authorities that if you download this app, the Chinese Communist Party can basically uh, read all of your text messages, find out everything you're doing, everything you're up to. Why would anybody want to do this? Uh, well, it's addictive for one, so some people don't even have a choice. But the other thing is, um, it is very, very powerful. Oh, adults are supposed to know better. Adults should know better, especially an adult being the president of the United States. So Joe and Jill Biden actually made one of those silly TikTok videos uh, where they talk about how they met. There's a guy, a famous TikTok. How the hell do you spell TikTok anyway? Is it T-I-C-K or T-I-C? There's no C. T-I-C. No, T-I-K. T-I-K. T-O-K. T-O-K. TikTok. Because I want to find this thing, and they meet a TikToker, and they tell this BS story about how they met. And Because uh, I know how they really met. Um, and, I mean, it's going to sound a little harsh, but uh, they had an affair. Um, they met when Jill was married to an all-round great guy named Bill Stevenson, and uh, they were fooling around behind Bill's back, and that's how they met. And Joe was a newly elected United States senator, and he was the big guy in Delaware, and he and she swooned, or he swooned her. They they were just so hot and heavy for each other, and they were getting it on behind Bill Stevenson's back. And this whole thing about a blind date is... Uh, a lie. It's a story they came up with uh, for cover because, you know, they knew that they were going to be asked about this in years to come, especially if it's a, you know, if it's a career, if it's a politics is their career and he wants to be president of the United States. So they got to come up with something. And they come up with this fairy tale that Joe Biden's brother saw a picture of Jill and thought, hmm, that's a hottie that my brother would like. And um, or actually, Joe sees the ad at a train station, and that's a hottie I would like. And 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 Joe's brother says, "I think I know her. I think I know her from a biology class at the community college. Let me see if I can get in touch with her." Joe, no, uh, Jill and Joe or already knew each other quite well. And these things happen. I'm not pointing my finger. I'm not you know I'm not being all judgmental. I'm just uh, what I'm judging is the lie. It's insulting to me personally, quite frankly, because I know Bill Stevenson. Bill Stevenson's a friend of mine. And I don't like it. The stench of lies, right? What do you think, Jim? James, rather. Why do you go by James? You know, it's funny. I don't know. I was always a James. My mom made it clear she did, I was not a Jim. Somehow, strangely enough, it's not pretentious with you. 
I've met people who insist on being called James, and it seems a little bit, you know, if you call them Jim, you offended them. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the James works for you. Yeah, Jim, I don't know. I, I think that that carries a sort of folksiness that maybe uh, my mom just didn't want me associated with. I don't really know. Uh, so we are so consumed with uh, this poor guy in Atlanta. I'm starting to feel sorry for him, right? Hey, pump up the volume one more time on this Atlanta thing, okay? This is the guy who was uh, who's prosecuting Trump is now answering all these kinds of questions about his seedy kind of affair he had. Pump up the volume. May 30th, 2023. Remember that? Yes, sir. Uh, not going back into those, the words in the interrogatories are already in evidence, so we're not going to do that. But the ones that we've gone, that were gone into, there were two of them. And your answer to both of those was none, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, on January 25th of 2024, yes, sir. you again were in a position that you answered those same interrogatories, the two that we're talking about. I can get specific if we need to, but as long as we understand we're talking about the same two, yes, right? Sir. You have yes, that sir. TikTok okay. video. And they Joe are Joe. in defense exhibit number six, and they are interrogatories Joe. number four. Get it. And number five. Okay. Go ahead. No, I want you to be able to see it. So it's a defense exhibit number six. All right, I can't. Um, I, the, the detail, I just, wow. This is all to establish. I'm a little bit surprised that the fake news has gone all in on this. All in. Because this undermines the case against Trump big time. All right, James Flippin, uh, what else is going on news-wise? Um, I just wanted to make a note, by the way. Did you see that this guy supposedly was paid $650,000 to serve as special prosecutor or whatever? I mean, that is is that not an insane amount of money? For a uh, public uh, prosecutor? Yeah. It is. It's just like kind of, I don't know, mind-boggling in a way. But Well, that's why, that's why these questions are being raised. And the whole thing is, uh, if like, was he hired so she could pay him that kind of money and get the money back? And also have a good time with him, you know, in the bedroom. So it's like it's, it wasn't about justice, and 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 it was more about a, a pretext uh, for her to have a good time. So since you noted that you guys are kind of focused on some of the more national stuff going on right now, did you happen to see that the FBI raided FDNY headquarters this morning, and also the homes of two top FDNY chiefs that are connected to the inspection process for buildings? The allegation being that. You know, maybe some people were accepting cash to speed up some of these inspections. Well, let me think back now. Um, there were some questions raised when uh, Adams, after the election, he was sending out memos to people saying, can you speed up this inspection? That was the Turkish consulate. That's one of the allegations that they had their fire inspection sped up. Um, I also know that the um, fire commissioner is totally out to lunch, has no business being a fire commissioner. Her name is Kavanaugh. Laura, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think somebody thought it would be cute to make a woman the head of the uh, uh, fire department. Well, y- you got to know something about fighting fires. You got to know something. You can't just be, you know, she was a volunteer on the on the Obama campaign and presto changeo. She's the fire commissioner. This is the way Adams does business, though. I mean, this is uh, it's all about him. It's all about cronies. It's all about, you know, I'm really running the, the city, but he's not running the city because he doesn't know how. All right, so the feds raided two chiefs' houses, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they weren't arrested; they just went through their stuff. I actually haven't seen word of like arrests as of yet, but the homes searched, you know, search warrants served, and 
Then again, in downtown Brooklyn at the actual HQ as well. Not that I'm doing anything fishy, but I'm basically never going to write an email or a text message for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I'm not going to keep one shred of paper. It's probably safer to do that. I'm just going to have a table and a chair and, um, and, 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 and books and, and cable TV and Netflix and, um, pillows and uh, stuff like that. So you'll keep some of the modern creature comforts, but not. Yeah, but a- I don't want, I, I don't want a record of anything. And I'm not going to generate records. I don't want to read anything. I'll just read books. I do. I you know, sometimes I think about that, like what life was like when you just came home to your apartment. Maybe there was a message in the answering machine. Maybe not. Maybe before answering machines. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of just disconnect when you get back into your house. It sounds kind of nice. Um, yeah, it must have been really good. And you could be unaccounted for. Like you didn't have to be every 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 five minutes. You know, the phone rang. I mean, when I was done with work yesterday, let me think. I got three phone calls from my wife in the span of 45 minutes. Where are you? <laughs> it's like uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, it was Valentine's Day. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why? Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, man. That might no, we don't, we, we, we actually don't do those yeah. kinds of things. I mean, really, when you're at a certain point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So they raided the chief's house. I, um, feel very funny about that i think the uh the whole damn thing they've i don't know all right i gotta know more keep so up. there's that um they set march 25th as the trial date for this you know former president trump with the uh alleged hush money payments to stormy daniels and is that an is that a campaign expense and the whole thing oh my god they what a stretch what 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 miserable people these uh, prosecutors alvin bragg you communist you weirdo you rich kid by the way he's a millionaire he's a millionaire rich kid and he he had a bit of a complex growing up about you know is he street enough? Oh yeah, that was a thing, big time. And and now we got to deal with the result of his. Uh, he's trying to prove how how down he is, right? By not prosecuting genuine criminals, we are paying the price for this ludicrous kind of struggle that I guess some folks have to deal with. To me, it's not a struggle, you know, reading books. Doesn't mean you're, uh, you're acting white. All right. It doesn't. It shouldn't. And if it does mean that, well, that is a horrible, noxious point of view that has to be eradicated and not just alluded to by Barack Obama once in a speech in 2004. Barack Obama came out and said, in my community, it is a slur. If you're caught reading a book, you're acting white. Now that has not been addressed. That has not been, uh, handled. That has not been confronted. Right? It hasn't been. So we got a, we got a huge segment of the population that somehow thinks uh, showing up on time, abiding by the rules, reading books is like not, is not authentic. That, that this is insane. It's warped. It's perverse. And nobody of any, you know, nobody is really confronting it. Nobody is dealing with it. People are accommodating it. People are actually respecting it. And Alvin Bragg is now trying to well, – where did he go to college? I think he went to Dartmouth and Harvard. But that is not considered – in his head, I'm not cool enough somehow. I'm not down enough. So I'm going to go totally woke, totally weird. And by the way, the community that you think you're placating doesn't really want this stuff. They don't. Man, oh, man, what a horrible time. What this, a horrible time, a moment in American history. By the way, this, makes me sick. This was up in the Bronx, as you probably know, that, that broad daylight shooting along the subway platform on, uh, I guess that was Tuesday, a 16-year-old arrested today in that shooting. Hey, do me a favor. Can we stop saying broad daylight? 
I don't even know what that means. Broad daylight. I think it's just to me. It's always it's, like that's right out of the Western. It's in broad daylight. <laughs> okay, when I think broad, broad daylight, I think like the OK Corral shooting. <laughs> right. It, that's it, fair. It, but it, I mean, it, the, the key is it's not for some reason to me anyway. It's more significant when somebody whips out a gun and starts shooting in the daytime. Well, was, it, by the way, it was in the subway, so maybe we didn't even. Maybe it didn't matter what time of day it was. Well, it was. I think it was one of those elevated ones in the Bronx. But. I just don't mean it was during the day. You wouldn't have to say broad daylight. All right, that's fine. Broad daylight. What is broad daylight? What does that actually? mean? It was mean? high noon at the okay right corral. high noon. High noon. Broad yeah. daylight. That doesn't tell me if it's nine in the morning or three in the afternoon. It happened to be four thirty. Well, that actually isn't broad daylight. That's twilight. That's twilight. That's the sun is going uh, down. Well, so just... you guys, even when you use the term here, you're misusing it. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, oh, did you see this? They're having an off-Broadway play concerning President, former President Trump's ex-wives. It's called like the Five, the Trump Five, or something like that. And uh, it's a musical. It's a parody. Somehow, I don't think you'll be buying tickets to that. Well, number one, it's off-Broadway. And what it probably means off off Broadway. It sounds like an art project, and I bet they're not even going to do the show. It's just uh, oh boy, how Mike, about that? Michael Cohen's how, the MC tomorrow? How's that for creativity, huh? Ooh, we're going to make fun of Trump. Ooh, look at us, how edgy we are. You know, the art community, arts people in the arts, they used to be genuinely edgy, genuinely interesting, genuinely thought provoking. Now I'm going to see something I could watch on Saturday Night Live. Really? You think that's you think that's interesting? Uh, well, good luck on off, off, off Broadway, not making money. You don't make money doing that. And Michael Cohen, uh, I ever tell you my story about Michael Cohen when I, when I, when I actually had a, a real conversation with him, I walked across the Brooklyn bridge with him. That's a long walk. When was this? 2014. Oh, wow. And, um, no, I'm sorry. It was earlier. It might've been 2012. Okay. And a long walk with him. And I realized, I said to myself, is this guy brain damaged? <laughs> I really thought that stuff. I felt like I was talking to a child. And he's like, I'm going to run for mayor. I'm like, excuse me? I'm, oh, if not me, who? I was like, a person? <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, he was just insane. The stuff he was saying. And I, I have documented proof that we walked across the bridge in a walkathon. And I really felt sorry for him. I was like, this is the dumbest guy in the world. And I got to tell you, Trump never should have let this guy in his orbit. Ever, ever. But he wasn't his personal attorney. He was just like a gopher. He, he you know, how much money uh, Michael Cohen made as Donald Trump's attorney in one year? Guess two hundred thousand, seventy-five thousand dollars a year. So he was literally like an errand boy, a delivery boy, little little odd jobs here and there. Wasn't his consigliere, wasn't his this, that, and the other thing. All right, let me know what else, okay? I'll be right back. Thank you. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's PriorityGoldGuide.com. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, it is, isn't it? All right, we have this all queued up. Joe Biden and uh, Jill Biden still pushing this fake story about how they met. Everything, everything there, his whole political career, his whole romantic life, all of it based on lies. Very, very sad, actually. And they're all catching up to him in the most dramatic, catastrophic way imaginable. It really is something to behold. Let me just check in with William real quick. You're in New Jersey. Hello. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Kudos to you, dude. Like, I'm glad you shine the light on that NFL rat, that guy that was out there, you know, getting highly intoxicated. Taylor Swift's imbecile lover boy, boyfriend. He's a kook. And a large percentage of the NFL players are convicted felons. Their behavior in the evening is pathetic. I thought, you know, shining the light on them and bringing that to the truth. Amen to that, Greg. Kudos to you. Hey, what does it mean, kudos? People that means say, like rock and roll. That I means know, like but you do a great job. I know, but kudos. It sounds like um, like a granola bar or something like that, right? K-U-D-O-S. People tell me that all the time. Kudos to you for saying, why kudos? I don't like it. Uh, all right, you sound really fired up, William. Um, what do you do? Nope. What do I do? Well, yeah. I'm out. You know, I was going to tell you, too, you know, like my brother, he was had stage three cancer and Sloan Kettering. And like they would have entertainers come up, you know, and like like former Broadway stars that would play piano comedians. And like after the entire day of like receiving injections and like horrific, you know, being on liquid diets and all this, like that would be the highlight of it. If like that guy could show up like with his NFL buddies in their jersey. Well, like, I'm sure they I'm do sure. some of that. And by the way, just because they do some of that doesn't mean they're good guys. They all have these phony foundations, and they always are very conspicuous about serving the community. Look at us serving the community, and are very, very skeptical about it. I don't like these guys, but William, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's something about you, though. There's something about you. So what do you do? You kind of just brush me off there. What do you do? Oh, what do I do? Well, I'm out. Uh, I have back surgery, dude. So uh, Yeah, I know, but what chef. do you You're a chef? Oh, my. Yeah, man, I do, I do high end, you know, weddings. You know, I work in a humongous banquet hall. We feed like 1,500 people, you know. What is a, a wedding cost on the East Coast? You know, it's over, it's like high end stuff, man. You know, every bride wants a Cinderella wedding and you better not blow it. Yeah, all right. So you're in the kitchen. Rock and roll, man. Yes, all right, sir, all right, know? all right. I appreciate it, William. Thank you. 
Hmm. Uh, let's just do one more. Joe in New York. Hi. Yo, hello. Uh, Gerald in Sag Harbor. Hello. Yes. Anyway, this may be of interest because you were bringing up Joe Biden and the Secret Service. During his tenure as um, vice president and also when he became a private citizen, as you stated that he had the Secret Service living on his estate, he was charging the government's rent. Yeah, I wondered about that. And they're actually allowed to do that in certain circumstances. Check out my video from last night. Greg Kelly, Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, since I started raising questions about uh, the NFL and uh, why waste time watching them, I have been inundated with people sending me videos from all over the country of suspicious plays uh, in the NFL where it looks like somebody should be tackled, but the guy just lets them go. And what they're saying to me is this is proof that there is a pre-approved script and these games are engineered for certain outcomes. Now, I don't know if this is true, for, but I have my suspicions. And one of the games I'm looking at is a 26 to 7 victory by the Chiefs over Miami. And, uh, it was played, I guess, last month and it's in snowy Kansas City. And at one point, Mahomes, instead of passing, he runs the ball and he runs it all the way into the end zone. And it's like they let him do it. It's like they just let him. I, this one, the two guys from Miami had every opportunity in the world. It was an easy tackle. And then they just watched the guy sail by. Now, why would they do that? Why would they do it? And why is it that every Super Bowl that I'm watching these days, or not watching, I'm skipping, but yeah, I, I, I watched last year's, so I watched the years, but it's always a nail biter. It's always like, oh my God, it's the greatest game ever. It's the greatest game. Whatever happened to 63 to zero? Those games happen sometimes. Why are they always great games? Is it because like pro wrestling, there's a agreed upon kind of narrative and to keep people watching longer and to make the NFL, uh, more and more profitable? I mean, how much are they charging now for those? 32nd spots, $7 million. If you want, if you're paying 7 million, you want people to see it, right? You really need people to see it. Who's going to stick around for the second half if you're, uh, if one team is up 28 to zero? Oh, and then miraculously, Tom Brady, I know he's good, but was he that good? Some of those come from behind victories, quote unquote victories. I have serious, serious, uh, concerns. I don't know if they're that serious, but they're kind of serious. All right, let me hear. Uh, here's Jill Biden telling a totally 1,000% fake story about how they met. And to make matters even worse, they're doing it on on hallowed ground. The White House, the White House from the uh, the famous colonnade right outside the Oval Office. And they're pretending that they're just stopped by some guy with a camera. It's a famous TikToker, and he makes videos like this. How did you meet? Go ahead. Excuse me. Sorry. Are you two a couple? We are. Yes. Would you mind telling us the story of how you first met? I was set up on a blind date by my younger brother. He uh, called me from school and he said, I go to school with this woman. She, you'll love her. She's beautiful and she doesn't like politics. So he called me on a Saturday afternoon and he said, you know, uh, this is Joe Biden. And I said, how'd you get my number? <laughs> and uh, he said, would you like to go out tonight? And I said, I'm sorry, I already have a date. And he said, well, would you break it? I'm only in for one night. So I said, well, 
Call me back in two hours and I'll see what I can do. She broke the day and didn't break my heart. <laughs> when I met her, after the second date, I knew I wanted to marry her. But for me, it took a little bit longer. He asked me five times. And finally, the last time, he said, this is it. This is the final time. And This uh, after two years. after five <laughs> times to marry me. You have to remember, I mean, it wasn't just my heart that was on the line. With Bo and Hunter, I knew that if we were going to get married, it had to work. It had to be forever because they had already lost their, their mother and their sister in a car accident. And I knew that they couldn't lose someone else in their life. So here we are. It is forever. It's 48 years later. <laughs> and what are your names? My name's Joe. I'm Joe's husband. <laughs> I'm Joe Biden. Cute, but totally made up. Not, not a true story. Not true. And it's really distasteful bringing up uh, the death all the time, right? It is. It's just, it's, it's too much. Uh, and right off the top, it's not, I mean, remember Joe, Joe was Amtrak Joe. Joe was the guy who was commuting every night from Washington, D.C. I'm here for one night only, Saturday night. That's it. I'm leaving town tomorrow. What about, what's wrong with Sunday? What's wrong with Monday? You're supposed to be, I'm only here for one night, Saturday night. Can you imagine calling somebody up in the back of the day and insisting on a Saturday night? You make a date with the guy the same night or the date with the girl the same night? That's rude. That's rude and pushy. I actually know this from my own parents. You know what my dad would do? He would call my mom on Tuesday for a date on Saturday. I want to know what he was up to on Friday, by the way. <laughs> uh, they've been married 60 years. So that's not true. All right. Here's what really happened. Um, Bill Stevenson was a prominent, uh, eh, not really that prominent at that time, but an all-around good guy. Uh yeah, I'm sorry. He was prominent. He owned a great big saloon called the Stone Balloon in Wilmington, Delaware. And it was a famous pub. And music acts from all over the country would come there. And Joe Biden had a fundraising event there. And um, uh, he became friendly with uh, Bill Stevenson. Bill Stevenson had a thing that he wanted to accomplish. I forgot what it was. He wanted a permit. He wanted something zoning. And he went to Senator Caleb Boggs. Uh, for help. And Boggs said, get lost. I'm not helping you. Go see Joe Biden. Well, he did go see Joe Biden, who was running for Senate. They became kind of friendly. Uh, he ran a, and, and by the way, Bill is married to Jill. Uh, but he has this fundraising event. Joe gets a good look at Jill, likes her. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, they start fooling around. It happens. It did happen. And how did Bill find out about this? Eh, some things started happening that just weren't adding up. Um, Bill was booking Bruce Springsteen to come to the Stone Balloon, and he had to drive up there to give him a check. And uh, it's like, come on, I got to go up and meet Jill. Uh, I got to go up and uh, meet Bruce Springsteen. And she didn't want to go because she had to babysit Hunter and Bo. And Bill was like, hmm, hmm. All right, that was one episode. And then uh, some guy comes to the bar where Bill is and says, uh, hey, need to talk to you about the car wreck. It's like, what car wreck? Oh, well, uh, you know, your uh, your car scratched my car. I said, my car, what? And uh, yeah, uh, you scratched my car. Actually, you weren't in the car. Um, your your favorite your Corvette. Yeah, that's Jill's car. Yeah. 
Well, Jill wasn't driving the car on the day of the accident. What? Joe was. Joe Biden was driving the car. Joe, and that's when he knew. He knew. Joe and Jill in a car together, and he knew. And then the relationship was over. The thing that I really like about Bill Stevenson, though, he's told this story, but he doesn't actually malign in any way Jill. You know, they were young. uh, Things happen. Nobody's perfect. um, Things happen in life. He does not. He despises Joe Biden because Joe Biden came after Bill in a horrible way, horrible, horrible way, tried to ruin his life and almost, almost succeeded, but ultimately failed. My goodness gracious, they're still beating up on this guy, Nathan Wade. What the hell else does he have to say? And what does this have to do with Trump anymore? Turn up the volume. Uh, way to produce evidence that Ms. Merchant couldn't find an admissible way to produce. Uh, I, I believe it's irrelevant. We've covered the ground. And I, I, um, All right. I already know enough. This case against Trump is bogus. I don't need this guy anymore. We know it. And we know that Fonnie Willis was seeing this guy. Uh, it was all the whole case against Trump is a pretext. So she could ha- hang around this handsome guy and go on trips and spend crazy amounts of money that she was paying him. I mean, enough. Throw this case out. It's not even a conflict of interest. It is, but forget if it really is. It's the appearance of a conflict of interest. That's all you need. Meanwhile, that creepy Jack Smith, if that is his real name, (laughs) is desperately filing paperwork with the Supreme Court. His case against Trump must go forward right away. It is urgent, so urgent. The people must hear this case, must see the evidence. Why? 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 Why exactly? Oh, you're trying to influence the next election. Oh, you're trying to change the next election. Hey, we might know tomorrow if Donald Trump loses his license to do business in in New York City. By the way, why do you need a license? Since when do we become you need a license to do business? I don't have a I have a license to drive a car. Do you need a license to do business? I guess you do. Well, uh, that case is going to be thrown out. But Judge Engeron, that weirdo dude who was like smiling and making faces and yelling at Trump and all that stuff. Turns out that, um, uh, you know, that ruling where he said Mar-a-Lago is only worth $36 million. Well, guess what? Somebody on my team found a New York Times article from 1982. Guess how much Mar-a-Lago is worth in 1982? $23 million in 1982. I mean, this is crazy. But... And the way the legal profession is this these days and the media world, you, you can be so openly corrupt, openly unfair. Where are you lawyers? Where are the good guys? You're too afraid of your clients. You're too afraid of corporate America to do the right thing, aren't you? Aren't you? Joyce in Red Bank, hello. Good boy, Greg, and you're right about the media. I had to call you. I was watching Channel 7 at 4 o'clock on Tuesday for weather. All of a sudden, they go through all the killings and so forth, and then they get to Chucky Schumer about the bill, and Liz Cho, newsreader, comes back, and she says, well, of course the Republicans are opposed, blah, 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 and Donald Trump and his MAGA Republicans, because we know he supports Russia. And with that, the screen went black. I was in disbelief. You know how usually they'll say, we're going to a commercial, or something like that. No, screen went black. Liz, and then, Cho, what day was this? 
This was Tuesday, the four o'clock uh, hour. I went for I watch you this then, week. Uh, this week. This week. It was awful, and I even watched uh, Wednesday yesterday, thinking maybe a disclaimer, maybe they'll yeah. apologize. And I shared this with friends, and one of my friends jokingly said, "You have to tell Greg Kelly. This is just awful." I got to see it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Liz Cho is a bit of a mystery to me. She's an incredibly beautiful woman. Um, but do you ever notice how she wears her hair? Yes. Do you know why she wears it that way? No. Because every time she talks, her th- her throat moves like she's a frog. The oh. side of her throat, every now and then you can see it. It, it, it like pulsates in the strangest way. Look, she is a beautiful woman, but she's got this strange tick that she camouflages with her hair. Because her, it like, it just imagine somebody's throat expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting, not forward and back, but sideways, horizontally. It's the strangest thing. So, uh, but you know, she reads the news. I've never noticed bias with her. You know who I do notice the bias, and I don't watch him anymore. Is that Bill Fritter guy? Bill something or other? Bill Tripper, Ritter, Fritter, him. He is, uh, he is a total left wing nut job. I don't even think he's from New York, although that doesn't really matter as much anymore. A lot of people from New York aren't from New York. You know what I mean? They grew up somewhere else and they come from here and they come here because uh, this is New York. Uh, all right. I'm going to check that out. Liz Cho, C-H-O. Let me think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Thank you. Four o'clock Tuesday. Insult. Yes, honey. Love you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I got to write that down. That would be interesting to see. Um, I think these people who read the news go a little bit crazy, actually, after a while, because I don't know. I don't know how they tell themselves like an animal could do that job. Some of the, I mean, it really does kind of, it's like, it's, 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 I did it for a little while. I almost lost my mind. I really did. Angelo in Rockaway. Hi. Hello, Mr. Kelly. How are you? It's an honor. Um, so the, I'd like to talk about the her report. I, I, I go to school and, and, uh, you know, I know a little bit about the law. Uh, not a lawyer, but uh, aspiring. And um, so I'd like to just, uh, um, uh, I think it's important that um, that you read through the whole thing because every word is uh, very important of any legal text, and it must be uh, carefully read. And, um, and, and uh, he acts as a single juror, and usually when a verdict is reached, uh, they all have to agree or the jury is hung. Uh, there's there's also a video on C-SPAN where Joe Biden is uh, promoting his book in 2008, and he's running for president, and he's extremely articulate, and he's even able to recite the Iraqi Constitution from memory. It's unbelievable. Uh, there's another video on C-SPAN. I, I'm Valerie familiar Bob. with these videos. I'm familiar oh. with these videos. I mean, we all are. Uh, look, I don't know if you've been watching the videos I've been putting out, but I have been doing a meticulous deep dive on the Her Report uh, started last week. I'll do a, probably another one later tonight. Uh, although I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost done with the entire report. Even though I've read the whole thing, you got to go back. You tell me, you're studying the law. What do you find so interesting about it? I mean, it is interesting, but I want to know what stands out to you. Well, the thing, the thing is, is that, you know, everybody calls it gratuitous and all these, uh, you know, buzzwords, but, you know, pe- lawyers don't write things down, um, without thinking about them. Like, on the very first page, you see how they revised, like, they had to put the word some in front of the word, you know, reviewed, because they didn't review all of the material, just some of it. Like, every single word is meticulously written down, and, and, and he's not being gratuitous. He's actually acting as a juror, 
and he's he's taking on sort of one juror, and that one juror... No, is, he's not know, acting as a juror. He's acting as an investigator and a prosecutor. He refers frequently to jurors, which is fascinating, what a reasonable juror might say, and they have to anticipate what the defense is. And it's very interesting to me in that they have determined wrongdoing. They have determined that Joe willfully uh, retained and willfully disclosed these documents, but they have to... Uh, anticipate what kind of defense. And even though they don't agree with the defense, I think they use the phrase, um, we find it, uh, we find it incredible, but it's not to say that the excuse would be unreasonable. Like a jury might agree with this. I found that kind of, uh, cool. What, what comes through to me is this, uh, prosecutor is being an ethical prosecutor and the discretion that he's showing. And this is the discretion. And this is the common sense approach that Donald Trump deserved. One point, what's his name? Her says, you know, we have to consider, after all, this is the president of the United States. After all, for years, he was allowed to have this classified material. After all, you know, it is understandable that some of this stuff would be in his house. So I found that, and that's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of discretion, maturity, and ethics that Donald Trump deserved that he did not get because it's a corrupt system that's out to hang him. Anyway, Angelo, thank you. To be continued, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, um, now it's Fonnie Willis's turn, the boyfriend we just heard from, and now it's time for Fonnie. This could get very interesting. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, this is the one who's waging the fake case against Trump. All right, she's still settling in there, and the bailiff is having a word. Hey, look at the judge. The judge is drinking from a great big, big gulp. <laughs> when I testify, whenever I get, wait, why is she leaving the room? What the hell happened? What's going on? Chaos in the courtroom. She was there for eight seconds, and now she's gone? And everyone's running around? No, everything's fine, but... Everyone's standing up looking confused. So am I. Oh, well, uh, who cares? What, that whole case is falling apart, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah. You never know when you're up to no good uh, when it's all going to come out. So yeah, <laughs> best to not engage in the uh, behavior that you're not supposed to be engaged in. We all know what that is. We all know in our lives what we're, when we're not supposed to be doing something, right? Of course. Um, I got to get the hell out of here. All right. So where do things stand? Um, tonight, I will be tackling the Jack Smith filing, which I know doesn't sound that sexy, but it's important. The her report. There's more to do that with that. Liz Cheney, the nerve of that woman to go around saying that she wants to go after anybody who's given money to Donald Trump and she wants accountability. What the hell does that mean? There's no account. I mean, what? I write a check for ten bucks, or a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks to Donald Trump for his campaign because I think he'd be better for a country. You're going to come after me? What? What does accountability look like? You crazy, spoiled brat! I do have to get out of here. Uh, hello, Sandra. Oh, hello, Greg. I I watched today the beginning part of the uh, Nathan Willis uh, testimony. I think that he's a wise ass. 
I think he chuckled a lot. He had so many, I don't recall. And he starts his testimony saying, look, I'm a good father. We were planning on divorce many, many, many years ago, but because I'm a good father, I stayed in the marriage. And then he says it's okay that he got this gift from from Fanny. It was my birthday. All right, Sandra, you don't like him. I kind of covered a lot of that. Uh, So you didn't like him? No. No, I think he's a phony. I think he wasn't telling the truth. I think you start to see that as Ashley Marchand gets to know him better. She's great, by the way. I like like that you like her. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, Mary. Hi, um, kudos is a Greek word from Homer's uh, Greek, and uh, it means um, to give glory and praise for uh, an act well done, especially uh, especially achieved in war. Uh. And Agamemnon was told that he would uh, kudos would attend him if he captured Troy. It just doesn't sound adequate. I know that okay, it has very uh, august origins. But, you know, when I say kudos, it just doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? It does. It sounds like uh, kibbles and bits or something like that. I want more when it comes to praise. More, more, more. Uh, Thank you all to be continued. Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.